I want to welcome you to the Pro Mindset Podcast. The Pro Mindset Podcast is all about diving into the headspace that results in championship performance. High-performing athletes, winners, have this mental flow and have a positive headspace for their performances and success. Join me, Craig Doman, sports attorney and NFL agent, on this podcast. I will interview pro athletes, college athletes, football coaches, and sports personalities. Together, we can discover how you can get in the flow and have your own pro mindset. Today on Pro Mindset Podcast, we have Ben Carnes. Ben is a mental coach, football coach, golf mental coach, has a business, mental coaching business, is about to uh, publish a book that he's been authoring, and he also is a podcaster. Uh, Ben, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Excited to be here. Ben, we were talking before we got on live, and you wear a lot of hats, you know, as a high school offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, multiple sports. You work with athletes in the the mental space. Uh, from all levels, you know, from the pros, college, high school, and so on and so forth. Um, did I miss anything? I'm a uh, I'm a teacher also in Westfield, so all kinds of hats. So what what do you teach? What subject do you teach? It's called uh, Project Lead the Way, and I teach some different engineering courses, uh, a app creators class where students make apps on tablets, um, and a and a robotics class. Well, that sounds pretty new wave right there. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that's fun. That's awesome. Okay, Ben, we're going to dive right into let's, – let's I want you to put on your coaching hat. The most important position on every football team, obviously all 22 are important, but the quarterback's the guy, and you're the quarterback coach and you're the OC. What are the traits, what are the intangibles that you're looking for in your quarterbacks so that you can win the close ones, you can get first downs in tough situations. You can score when you're supposed to score. And perhaps most importantly, the guy that's going to make a play, executing the play that you called because you're also the OC, unless you're different than most coaches, you called the play for a reason. So right. break down for me what you look for in a quarterback besides the normal physical traits like arm talent, height, weight, speed, things like that. Sure, we've got four main things that we evaluate our guys on, and the the foundation of it is leadership. You know, do you have the ability to influence others that are on the field out there with you? There have been times where the best person who needed to be on the field for us to be successful and for us to win didn't have the strongest arm, wasn't the fastest kid, but when he was on the field, the team played better because of it. If you went back and watched Westfield High School film where, you know, I coached for like 12 years, 13 years, and you went back through all the quarterbacks, there'd be some, there'd be some really good ones. Guys that went on to win national championships in college, guys that got drafted by the Dodgers, guys that set every school record there was. But arguably one of the most successful guys was Andy Sweet, who, was the worst throwing quarterback of all of them simply because he had an injury to his his throwing arm shoulder and he physically couldn't throw the ball normally. And it was almost like he pushed the thing out there, but he was such a phenomenal and unbelievable leader that we had to have him on the field. And 
I don't think we would have won the, the 2016 state championship without him. That's the first one. The second one is decision-making on and off the field. You know, you got to be the kind of guy that, that knows where we're trying to go with the ball, how the ball needs to get there, why we're calling a play, you know, what the defense has given us, things like that. The next one is mental toughness. You're going to get hit in the mouth. You're going to throw picks. You're going to have failure. We're going to be behind. There's going to, I mean, there's going to be bad stuff that happens on the field. And you've got to be mentally strong enough and have the mental fortitude out there on the field to look everybody else in the huddle and say, hey, we got this. Let's go score and win the game. And we need everybody out there to believe in you, you know, the same way that you believe in yourself. And then the last piece is just technique and fundamentals. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to do, you know, run the plays the way that they're designed. So, you know, that's that's certainly a piece of it. But when we're evaluating quarterbacks and when we're going through our off-season stuff, that's usually the last thing we talk about. Okay, Coach, I love those, and those make total sense to me. But let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's say you have two young men that have have all four of those things in spades. They're great leaders. They make the right decisions. They're tougher nails. And they've got the requisite fundamental physical skills to throw the ball and do the things that you ask them to do in your offense. When you dig deeper, let's go to the next level. What is the separator next? In, in high school, typically, you don't have two guys. But let's just say for the sake of discussion, you did. Where are you that's going a, That's a great problem to have. And we've, we've run into it a few times. And obviously, at, at other positions, it's different because you got two great running backs. Awesome. You know, let a guy take the first, first drive and give him a spell. Let somebody else come in and, you know, run the second drive. I'm, I'm not a big fan of playing multiple quarterbacks in a game necessarily, unless it's like, a, like when Tebow did it. And there was clearly the running quarterback and the passing quarterback. And when Tebow was coming in, you know, he was sort of the wildcat guy. But aside from that, we would like to have a guy who's the guy. And so at the end of the day, it comes down to performance. And if everything else is equal and the leadership in the huddle is the same and the guys, the guys on the team respect him, he's a great leader. They've both got mental toughness. We want to know who's going to make the plays. And so we, we turn it into competition and we grade them. And so every single practice film, you know, we record everything. We're, we're a fast, up-tempo team. We don't huddle a lot. Uh, practice goes fast. It's all scripted out. And so we have to film everything to be able to coach it correctly. And so we'll put seven-on-seven seven on there. We'll put team on there. We'll put – Good on good. Well, I mean, anything that we can get, and we will grade them just like a game. So they get a footwork. They get an accuracy grade. Was their, was their footwork right? Did the ball go where it needs to go? Oh, the, the pre-snap read, were they doing the right thing beforehand? Did they need to check into something or out of something? You know, did we have a one high beater on the left side and a two high beater on the right side, and they picked the right side? Um, and then, you know, just – effort is kind of the last piece. Did they carry out their fake? Did they do what they were supposed to do after the play? Things like that. And to be honest, you know, just sharing those grades with those guys every single day, 
you start to see is one of them competing a little harder, is one of them saying, this is my spot and I'm going to win this spot and no one's going to take it from me. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, we've, we've probably had, in my 14 years of coaching, I've probably had two or three years where there was a true quarterback battle. And after a week or two or three of grading every single play, there was, a, there was then a clear winner. Okay, so now we have a clear winner, Coach, and you want to raise his level of performance. You know, what I see with quarterback play is the money plays. That's where they differentiate themselves. And so if, if you're up by three touchdowns, there's no pressure. And right. if they're a little bit inaccurate or they, they, they throw it in the double coverage but still get a completion because your, your receiver won the 50-50 ball or whatever the case may be, it really doesn't affect the scoreboard. But when you're down late in the game and you're running two minute, some guys can do it, some guys can't. When it's an even, you know, the scoreboard's not tilted. It's it's pretty close. Let's say it's tied. It could be anywhere in the game. And it's third, third and 12. Some guys can make the throw, make the right decision, be accurate, you know, flush out of the pocket if necessary to buy time, whatever the case may be. Other guys can't. How do you develop that? So let's go from identifying to developing what is your sure. focus point on now you've got your you got your dude what is your plan for helping that young man improve his performance through his mindset you know there's what i call the prime five there's there's five traits uh where we want to give our guys tools to succeed um the first one is confidence just a a belief in yourself that you have what it takes to make the play. You know, we want to make sure that it's not based on performance because then that's going to go up and down as you play well or play poorly. We want it based on who you are, your preparation, your abilities, things like that. The second one is focus. Are you able to focus on the task at hand and get rid of all the other distractions, you know, whether that's a long day at school or whether that's there was just a bad call or that's, there's 48 seconds left. We have to go 65 yards and we're down by four. Can you focus on executing this play? Uh, the, the next one is just being able to control your body's physical energy level. Can you get amped up when you need to? And especially after one of these long e-learning days, can you show up to practice and bring the juice? But then on the other hand, when everybody's amped up, and you need to be able to calm down just a little bit to think clearly and execute what we need you to do on the field. Are you in control of that? Can you calm yourself back down? Uh, the, the next one's optimistic perfection. Guys that aren't seeking after and striving after perfection, they're just average. And so that there has to be that chase of perfection, but at the same time, you're not really ever going to reach it. And so being able to stay optimistic when, and having a plan for dealing with failure is, is another piece of it. Um, and then the, the last one is motivation and mindset. Are you motivated to do what it takes to improve in every area of your game? And are you able to kind of cultivate that, that champion's mindset and, and do the things that we need you to do to succeed on the field? That is fantastic. If you don't have confidence and belief, it's over. It's over. Yep. And I think there's three killers for confidence. When you start looking at these prime time five traits and tools, 
I'm thinking about not just what they are, but how does it show up on game day? How does it get destroyed? And then how do you get it back when that happens? Because nothing, you know this, nothing's static. Right. Confidence during the flow of a game for a quarterback could be, you know, the first pass is an 80-yard nine route for a touchdown, and the next two passes he throws are picks. Well, his confidence is kind of fluctuating there a little bit, and obviously you want to keep his confidence at a level that is championship level, but it's never going to be at the highest level of all times. I just want to mention the three things that are the kryptonite for confidence. One is comparison. Start comparing yourself to something else. What you did last week, what the other quarterback's doing, what you thought you were going to do compared to what you're doing. All those are comparisons, and they're killers. They kill your confidence because they make you feel like you're inferior because you just created a situation in your mind where something's better than what you're really doing. The second one is perfection. And I've talked to a lot of sports psychologists about this. If you expect to be perfect, you will you never are. And so the striving for it, I get that because you can't never, it's, it's a, it's a journey, not a destination. You never get there, but you got to be really careful about perfection because NFL coaches call it win ugly. They coach you up. And then on Sundays so that they, everybody gets their paycheck and everybody keeps their job. They don't care how you get the job done. They just want you to win ugly. And if you are really focused on perfection, you, you, you don't have that tool in your toolbox to win ugly because you don't want, you, you want to be pretty. And then the third uh, confidence uh, buster is the scoreboard because when you're way ahead, a lot of players have a tendency to go in, go in their own program and the way behind, they do the same for a different reason because they think it, they, they lose hope in the, the potential outcome of the game. So give me some feedback. You mean just as far as how do I teach my guys to be confident? Yeah, I mean, how do you build them up? For example, one of the ways – that people build confidence is they they are able to do it in practice. So they have confidence that they're going to be able to do it in the game. Another way people have confidence is coach feedback. You know you can influence a young man's confidence by how you talk to him and how you coach him, how you coach him. So my question to you is, now you have these five primetime traits, how do you build them up in your players? Sure. So the the very first thing – that we do is go through the what we call the focus cycle. You know, what are you focused on? What are you saying to yourself? How are you controlling your body physically? And, you know, those three things, um, Daniel Kahneman wrote an excellent book about system one and system two in your brain. And, you know, you see one plus one and you just know that equals two. You don't have to think about it. And that that's, that's system one. It's just automatic. You know, it's it's easy to just let your mind sort of automatically focus on, you know, comparing yourself to the competition or, you know, thinking about, oh, I wasn't perfect on that last drive. I, you know, I did this in the past or what impact is this going to have on me in the future um, or the or the scoreboard or, you know, fill in the blank with any other distraction. Our minds can sometimes latch on to something like that. And then we start saying things to ourselves like, well, I just don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I have what it takes. Or after a mistake, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? You know, which leads to a little bit of that fight or flight response. And, you know, your amygdala starts to get involved. And now all of a sudden you've got 
butterflies in your stomach because your digestive system is temporarily shut down and blood's diverted elsewhere. I've got golfers that get tension in their hands that they notice or, or tension in their shoulders or arms. And so it, it presents itself in different ways um, for everybody. But once you identify sort of what's going on and we can bring awareness to it, that's when we can do something about it. So, you know, right now you're not paying attention to what the bottom of your feet feel like. And, but if we say, Hey, wiggle your toes, you know, now all of a sudden your, your RAS and your brain starts saying, Oh, maybe we should pay attention to this. And it, it starts to, you know, kind of recognize what those different feelings are and the temperature and the sensations and all that. And so we want to know, is it you're thinking about the wrong stuff, you're saying the wrong stuff to yourself, you're acting the wrong way. You know, if, if those are negative, that's going to generate negative emotions in that middle part of your brain, and you're, you're not going to be in a state where you can kind of get in the flow or play in the zone or, you know, pick whatever phrase you want from the 15 different ways it's been said over the last, you know, 20 years, that, that point where you play at your absolute best. And so what we want to do is, you know, kind of use system two to intentionally take back control instead of just letting the bottom part of our brain sort of have a, have a freak out session and say, oh, no, we want to say, no, it's fine. I'm going to focus on what matters right now and the things that I can control. You know, we're going to have a positive state, whether that's like a, a go-to statement or a focus cue. Um, where I'm going to plan out ahead of time, when this happens, here's what I'm going to say to myself. Um, we're going to control our body using 4x4 four four breathing technique, using forced muscular relaxation, you know, the, all the stuff that, that the Navy SEALs and Army Rangers use for high-pressure situations where you know, a roadside bomb goes off and now all of a sudden they got to go take this building and they bust down the door and they throw in a flashbang and now they have 1.8 seconds to get four guys in and clear the room. I mean, talk about like the ultimate high pressure situation. So, you know, how do they control their body? How do they control their breathing and, you know, just their physical response to that fight or flight, that fight or flight moment. Um, and so, you know, now instead of just having a, a bottom up reaction, now we're kind of having a, a top-down response. We're using that front part of our brain, that top part of our brain, to sort of say, here's what I'm going to focus on, here's how I'm going to talk to myself, here's how I'm going to act so that I can feel, you know, more calm and more in control. Uh, and, and really just try to, we try to empower our athletes so that their confidence isn't based off of outside circumstances. It's I'm going to be in control of, you know, the, the things that I can control, which a lot of times is your own focus, energy, effort, things like that. Okay. Now, obviously, some kids don't have the ability to absorb everything you just said. Do you guys have a training program for the football guys? Is it something where every coach does their own thing? How do you guys do this as a staff? Sure. So we – I'll put on a different hat here. I'll put on the mental performance coach hat. When I go – and work with another team, it's kind of broken up into different sessions. And so putting on my high school football coach hat again, when I'm working with my own team, I sort of, I sort of treat them the exact same way I would 
any other team that I'm working with. And it's a, it's a 45 minute presentation and we sit down and you tell a room full of high school kids, Hey, the next time you're feeling stressed, just take a deep breath. They're going to look at you like, why don't you give me some crap that's going to actually work? And on the other hand, if you say, look, the vagus nerve is connected to the, the bottom part of your brain that goes through your body and you show them the diagram of all the different organs that are connected to it, you know, and you can't, you can't control the fats and sugars that your liver's releasing into your, into your bloodstream or, you know, the amount of adrenaline that's getting pumped in or, or things like that, but you teach them how to control their breathing and then it's like, oh, okay, well, that, that kind of makes sense. And so, you know, we try to use, we try to use just enough of a, a scientific backing so that they know this isn't just let's sit around in a circle and sing kumbaya. It's, you know, Russia started doing research back in the 1960s. How can we get our Olympic athletes to perform at, at the highest level when they only get to compete once every four years? And there's been millions and millions and millions of dollars pumped into this ever since. And so, you know, having, having enough of that scientific, here's what's going on in your mind and body, you know, here's what we can learn from functional MRI scans, and sort of break it down and present it in a way that's, that's easy for the athlete to understand. But even more importantly, they leave there with a plan. And so, you know, the, the name of my mental performance company is Mental Training Plan because when we're working with a team full of individuals, we don't want to, I don't want to just come in and say, hey, just do this and it'll fix everything. Instead, we kind of walk them through step by step and we, we have the athletes each write down on their own paper you know, what, what was that big event where you got off track? You know, maybe you were focused on the wrong stuff or saying the wrong things. You were just in a negative place and you weren't playing well. We have them write that down. And then think back, what, what were the things that you were thinking about? And, you know, usually it's, gosh, I can't believe I did that, or what's coach going to think, or what's this going to do? You know, what's that interception going to mean? to my recruiting chances or, you know, whatever else they're thinking about. But each athlete writes it down. And then have them write down, what's that little voice in the back of your mind say? And then have them write down, you know, what what happened to your body physically? And show them some of the fight or flight reactions that our body can have and some of the side effects that it can cause physically. And now they're starting to they're starting to realize, okay, when I get off target, I'm usually thinking about the past. I'm usually saying these negative things and I usually start to feel, you know, these butterflies in my stomach or the tension in my hands or whatever. And so once they, once they sort of have awareness of that, then we go through, okay, now here's how you can take back control. Does it work perfectly? And every single athlete walks out of there with exactly what they need. You know, no, I, I don't think so. But you know, there's, there's some athletes that if they can just, take out of there a confidence that they can control their heart rate and they can slow down that, that panic response that's flying down their vagus nerve by controlling their breathing. I mean, that's worth it. In my opinion, it's going to help them feel a lot more calm and confident and in control. And, you know, to, to sort of give coaches some other resources, you know, that's, that's part of the reason why we started the podcast so that, you know, if, if this 45-minute presentation didn't quite make sense, well, 
go listen to the episode about it and, you know, dive in a little bit deeper or follow up with questions with me or, or things like that. What you just described for me is what I saw Gonzaga do the first 10 minutes of the game. The finals of the NCAA there in Indianapolis. Yeah. You saw the team that was favored to win lose control, get behind by double digits. Sure. And Mark Few is one of the best coaches in, in the in the world. But he was not prepared to help his players deal with that adversity where Baylor was just on fire. I think they were closing their eyes and looking cross-eyed and still making threes. It didn't right. matter, right? With and a dude so, in their face and a hand in the way. Yes. And so <laughs> what you just described to me is a mechanism and a, and a method to prevent long runs, you know, especially in basketball. Yeah. It, it's a momentum changer. When the me- momentum's against you, the momentum is negative. What you just described can neutralize that momentum. Right. Ryan Pepio was one of the athletes that I worked with. He's out out in L.A. playing with the Dodgers organization, and that that was the biggest takeaway that he had was using these tools and using these techniques can help prevent, you know, one bad hit from becoming a terrible inning. Or, you know, my golfers who have a bad shot don't let that turn into three or four more bad shots. Or my quarterback that I worked with that used to come over to the sideline after an interception, throw his helmet, throw a little little temper tantrum. It's like, let's identify what's not going right, and let's fix it. So give me the ABCs. Game time, it's live action. You're not in a classroom. You're not on a podcast. You don't have time to, you know, take five minutes to explain it to an athlete. A young man throws a pick, and he comes off the sidelines, and he seems normal. And you don't say anything to him. And the next time you get the ball, the first, the first play is a pass. You called it because you're the OC. And he throws in the triple coverage, and we have a second pick. Well, you obviously realized he didn't have his head right after the first one, after he throws the second one. Yeah. What would you say, because you only get 10 seconds, what would your catchphrase be? What would your reminder statement be to that quarterback to help him, like, reset. I tap my temple twice because, and you can do that with him all the way across the field because, you know, we've talked about, hey, when you have a tendency to get off track, it's because you were thinking about the previous play and the previous throw. And we got to, we have to leave that and we have to come to the present moment. His go-to statement is, I put in the time, I put in the work, I'm the best quarterback in the country. And so I tap my head twice he has to respond that he received that message from me. He can tap his butt or he can shake his head, yes. And he knows that's his time to take his deep breath, which his breathing pattern is six two eight. So he's going to inhale for six seconds. He's going to hold to let his lungs absorb that oxygen in there. He's going to exhale slowly for eight and slow down that breathing rate, slow down that heart rate. And that whole time he's thinking, I put in the time, I put in the work, I'm the best quarterback in the country. Let's get this one. And and it's just his simple reminder, you know, and that could be, I mean, shoot, we're, we're no huddle. We go fast. That could be from the time he communicates a call or gives a hand signal until the time that he actually snaps the football. I mean, you know, in the classroom, it takes 45 minutes to teach these guys how to use it. But 
you have to practice it enough that you know exactly what you're going to do with it come game time situation because you're right, you're only going to have a few seconds. But, you know, one of the one of the college golfers that I work with said, Coach Carnes, I've determined that with two breathing cycles, I can handle any adversity that could ever come my way. And it's just he knows what works for him. He knows how to control his heart rate. And he's done it so much that he has that confidence that no matter how high his heart rate gets, he can bring it back down to a manageable level, not a resting level, but a manageable level where he can think clearly, he can perform well, you know, he, he's not flustered uh, and, and things like that. I know that's kind of, that's kind of a long answer, but I just had my head twice and, and my guys know exactly what that means. Do you have a podcast that you could direct our audience to where you talk about that? Sure. Um, if you go to, so the, our website is mentaltrainingplan.com and you can just click on podcast up there. Um, or if you would like to, if you want to go to Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can just search for Coaching Minds Podcast. Um, you know, more specifically, if you're interested in learning about the focus cycle, go all the way back to season one, episode two. Um, that's kind of that's kind of where we break down the process. Ben, I want to thank you for being on our show today. Well, we'll have a sequel to this where we'll go deeper into some of these mental concepts, but I want to thank you for being on the show today. You've been a wonderful guest. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pro Mindset. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can follow us on our website, promindsetpodcast.com, or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pro Mindset Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you the next time.